Ah, good morning. It's great to be with you. And I am curious to know if you are one of the one million voters that have already pre-voted in Massachusetts. It's kind of astonishing, the interest in this election. We're breaking all uh, records with people enthusiastically uh, voting in advance. And it seems like we might even break the record for the most participation in an election. I mean, we're expecting in Massachusetts to have more than 80% of the registered voters vote. And so I hope you will be voting. And if you've already voted, uh, good on you. Uh, this is just uh, always a interesting time when we build up to the election. But this uh, election seems to be different uh, to most. There, there just really seems to be a lot of uh, anxiety, um, a lot of harshness in the tone, in the, the lack of civility. So, uh, you know, I say as, as people of faith, uh, it's really good for us to exercise our civil duty and, and to go and vote. But at the same time, I'm also keen that uh, we can have a dialogue which is just um, a little bit more friendly. Uh, you know, the communication via social media, the, the tone just seems to have gotten so much louder and more combative. Uh, and yet, if we can talk to each other face to face, uh, normally it's a lot, well, should be a lot more civil. So uh, I'm kind of keen to get past this election and hopefully things will dial down a bit. Uh, but I do say, you know, as citizens of this country and as Christians, we're in a privileged position. Uh, we're in a country where we can, uh, we've got our protections protected in the First Amendment, and uh, it doesn't matter which party gets in, we're still going to be able to worship and, and uh, talk about Jesus and, and pray and uh, work towards making our country a, a better country. Why don't we just join me in prayer as we open up here today? Because uh, I want to tell you who to vote for. And I know you've just been like waiting for me to tell you who to vote for. And uh, you just tuned on this for this morning's service, hoping that I tell you who to vote for. So uh, I'm going to do that, just put you out of your anxiety. But uh, let me just pray before I do so. Uh, Jesus, I just pray that uh, you'd help those that uh, are undecided how to vote and pray for those that are uh, thinking about whether they should indeed even vote. Let them vote. But more importantly, Lord, I pray that uh, you would fill us with your passion for for the things that you are passionate about. And Lord, I just pray that uh, you would fill us with your spirit, that we truly can love others and care for others and care for your kingdom advancing. So Lord, I, I just pray to empower what I'm saying today in your name, Jesus. Amen. So I, I don't really uh, want to keep you in suspense uh, as to who you should vote for. So I'm going to tell you, you need to vote for the most competent person. Yes, 
what we need in, in government, in leadership, primarily is competency. Can the person and can the team do the job? And of course, that goes through our politics, as well as business, as well as church. But it's also, can we have people that will do what's right in the eyes of the Lord? And of course, therein lies the rub, because as we saw in that little promo clip, both parties can claim that they're doing what's right, and people take sides on one issue or another. But I think it is important that we decide that we are going to do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. You know, uh, I encourage people to read through the Bible, and often when you get into the the middle of the Old Testament, it's kind of, you know, slow reading or often not the most inspiring reading because you read through the book of Judges and uh, the last verse in the book, book of Judges kind of sums up the book. And it's like everybody did what was right in their own eyes. And it was sort of a disaster. And then you got the book of Ruth, which is actually like a little gem. And it's in the days of the judges, and then here in the town of Bethlehem, and it sounds like we're starting a, a Christmas uh, opening, but here in the little town of Bethlehem, something fantastic happens because there's a man by the name of Boaz who is actually living according to the ways of the Lord. And, you know, it's just this delightful story in the book of Ruth. And then you carry on through... Uh, you know, the, the Bible, you keep reading. Uh, Samuel, you've got the highlight with King David. And then it just kind of goes downhill from there. And then you read First Kings and Second Kings. And it's just hard to find a good leader. Uh, and then finally, at the, at the end of the, the book of Second Kings, we've got one leader that jumps out that's better than everybody else. And it says this about King Josiah. He did what was pleasing... And this is Second Kings 22. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight and followed the example of his ancestor David. He did not turn away from doing what was right. And then in Second Kings 23, 25, it says this. Never before had there been a king like Josiah who turned to the Lord with all his heart and soul and strength obeying all the laws of Moses. And there has never been a king like him since. So, you know, I just say, this is what we desire, obviously, is good leadership, competent leadership. But in this story, it's actually interesting, because what's even more important or than good leadership is having good citizens, meaning uh, King Josiah was a great king, but the people were still corrupt, and it didn't actually end all that well. Uh, and in a similar way, I think sometimes we put too much hope in a president solving all our problems, where much of the work really needs to be done by us, by the church, by you and I. Uh, we need to be people that will do what's right and do the right thing and love people and serve the Lord. 
I'm much more interested in persuading you to follow Christ than what I am in persuading you to vote for a certain party. I really am. And I don't know about you, but I am kind of interested in getting past this election cycle because some of the videos on, on social media and articles that are coming are so um, strong. I mean, they're so uh, disheartening. Uh, they, there's no civility. And so, you know, I would say, hey, if people have this much passion for trying to influence other people, couldn't we funnel that passion that God has given us for good to love other people and do the things that the Lord wants us to do? I mean, one of the things that just seems to have been forgotten at this time is the art of listening. I mean, listening is a form of caring. And not only that, I think there's a sense that we can learn from just about anyone. But it takes a bit of humility. So, folks, I just encourage you to listen, to love, and even after this election has been decided, we need to get going with the work of the Lord, which is, you know, loving God, loving people, advancing God's kingdom. I would love, us, I would love it if our leader, you know, was filled with the Holy Spirit and uh, had sort of temperament that we see in Galatians 5.22. And I would love it if we were filled with the Holy Spirit and had the sort of temperament that is described in Galatians 5.22, which is this. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And no matter which party gets elected, nothing is stopping us from being this type of a believer, being this type of a person, creating this type of a country, a country that's filled with people, full of joy and peace and patience, kindness. You will also notice that Criticism and complaining is not one of the listed fruits of the Spirit. So I think we should get on with loving people and living for the Lord. I mean, unless you elect Jesus or vote for Jesus, which apparently is the most common name for the fill-in, the blank on the on election forms, people writing in name of Jesus. But we're not electing Jesus, so we need to elect the person we think is going to do the best job, obviously. But every election, we hear the same phrase, this is a really important election, and uh, I think it is really important, and I think it's important that you and I get out to vote. You know, in biblical times, when you look at some of the things that the Apostle Paul it tells us to do regarding our leaders, it's very interesting because, uh, you know, the Roman authorities were in power at the time. They were not elected leaders and they were not particularly 
kind towards Christianity. I mean, it was Pontius Pilate that had Jesus uh, crucified. Uh, but yet, the Apostle Paul gives us some very strong and encouraging advice. And I want to read that to you from Romans 13. It says this, Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. <clears throat> Give to everyone <clears throat> excuse me, what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them. And give respect and honor to those who are in authority. I mean, the Apostle Paul is clearly saying that government matters. And to have good government and good governance is really important. There's a job that needs to be done. <clears throat> we need good government. And we need to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. Pay our taxes, help, serve, make government work well. In First Timothy, it says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Pray. Powerful thing. Pray for our leaders. Pray for each other. Ask God to help them, this is our leaders, intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and for all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful, quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. We desire to have peace and to have godliness and dignity, and we get that by having a good government. I have a different question that I want to throw out there and ask you. And that is this. In all this antagonistic language, is it perhaps that we are just projecting out there on social media our own anxiety, our own depression, our own fear, our own insecurity? Because I believe we are. And friends, whoever we elect as president is not going to solve your problem in those areas, but Jesus will. Jesus has the ability to help us with our anxiety, with our anger, with our fear. And Jesus has the ability to help us to get motivated to make a difference. So friends, I just uh, want to end and say, a better future requires hope. Hope is better experienced with faith in Jesus. So Jesus, right now, I just uh, thank you. Lord, I just encourage people to go vote. I encourage, Lord, those that are thinking in their career paths to become politicians, that they would do that. Uh, and Lord, I just pray that we can turn to you to solve what's bothering us. Lord, that we can experience your joy, your peace in our lives right now. So, Lord, we just give you that. We hand it to you and we say, Lord Jesus, come into our lives. Help us. Heal us. 
encourage us and give us hope. In your name, Jesus. Amen.